Well, we're through most of week nine in an 18-week NFL season, and you'd think we would know who the good teams are at this point, uh, but apparently there are just no good teams. Uh, Buffalo just lost to Jacksonville in a 9-6 to game. Uh, the Raiders lost to the Giants. Uh, the Cowboys lost to the Broncos inexplicably. Saints lost to the Falcons. I know they were on their third-string quarterback, but uh, it's the Falcons. Um, so this is a wild week in the NFL uh, coming off the back of last week where the Bengals lost to the Jets, we had backup quarterbacks winning. It's The NFL is just in disarray right now. Uh, so we're going to try to make sense of this. We'll keep it fantasy-focused for the most part, but some of this stuff is just wild. So uh, we're here to kind of tell you how did the Bills lose? How did the Cowboys lose? What is going on here? So, uh, Mike, thanks for joining us. Uh, are there any good teams in the NFL right now? Man, that's a that's a tough question to answer. You would want to say the Bucks, but they just lost to the Saints, who lost to the Falcons. So transitive property—they're all terrible. Uh, mm-hmm. It's worth mentioning too that as we record this right now, the, the Titans are currently beating the Rams twenty-one to three. So just to add on to the Sunday, yeah, Matthew Matthew Stafford threw two consecutive pick sixes. One of them looked like a Carson Wentz special. So um, that's Mike Miklias from our What We Saw team. I'm Eric Smith, editor in chief, and uh, yeah, we're here with another week of What We Saw. Um, as always, please check out QBList.com for our article, our What We Saw article. It's going to cover every single game. We're not going to touch on them all this week, but uh, we'll go deep into some of the games we watched. Uh, I was at my second Bengals game of the year, and they are now 0-2 at the games that I attend. So we'll get into that Bengals-Browns uh, ugly game from my perspective. So, uh, yeah, but um, just yeah, check out the article. We go through every game, and our writers do a great job. So. Let's just jump right into it. We're going to get into the fantasy winners here and losers. Uh, let's start with the winners. Mike, who is your winner this week? So I was surprised. I had uh, James Conner. 21 carries, 96 yards, two rushing touchdowns, five targets, caught all five of them for 77 yards and another touchdown. Um, I, I, James Conner felt like a guy to me before the season started where I'd have been like, I, I would feel safe putting a bet down. He doesn't have a 20-plus yard touchdown of any kind this season. And he definitely proved that wrong. Two touchdowns in the first quarter, uh, punched two in. Then he had a big 45-yard pass from Colt McCoy. Uh, never never thought I would say that sentence. <laughs> James Conner catches 45-yard touchdown from Colt McCoy. Um, but, yeah, he had a great day. And I, I, I still don't love the talent, but you got to recognize a huge day. And anybody who started Conner is feeling really good this week. Yeah, he's been consistent from a fantasy perspective. He scores a bunch of touchdowns. That's about it. And Chase Edmonds left early in the first quarter with an ankle injury and did not return. So it just opened up the floodgates here. Probably a little more uh, discouraging from the 40, 49ers perspective here that they got beat by this Cardinals team that was so, you know, limited here. But great from James Conner. Uh, really put fantasy managers on his back. I think he put up almost 40 points in my home league. So um, I started him. I will take it for sure. So, um, yeah. I will go for the winner with uh, Marquise Brown for the Ravens. Um, Not the biggest stat line ever, 12 targets, nine catches, 116 yards. But I think it's notable because Rashad Bateman is in their first round rookie. Um, He's played a couple weeks now. He's getting a full snap share. Mark Andrews is out there as well. So this Ravens offense is at full force and Hollywood Brown is still their number one option in the passing game. And he looked really good today. Um, He looked good after the catch. He just looked fast. He was their featured receiver. So I, I don't know. I think a lot of people were probably predicting the demise of Hollywood Brown when Bateman got incorporated in this offense. And it sure looks like there's room for both. So I'm very encouraged about Hollywood Brown. Uh, what do you think about this Ravens passing game, Mike? Yeah, I love Brown. I'm still not super high on the Ravens passing game, but this is uh Brown's third hundred yard game of the season. He's had five games with at least one touchdown. 
he's he's a premier option again and I, I think everybody was selling on him and in, going into this season i actually bought him uh for a first in our qb list dynasty league so i'm i'm pretty excited about how this season's going yeah i think he's really only had two bad weeks all year and i believe one of me dropped an easy touchdown or two so yeah hollywood brown has survived the rookie surge here from bateman and i, I just good all around i do have high hopes for bateman but it's great for brown as well so uh, Mike, who is your loser this week? Looks like you got another receiver here. Yeah, I my loser of the week was uh, Adam Thielen. And I, it's not so much a loser where I'm going to take away a lot from it. I'm not somebody I'm selling or trying to get rid of. But uh, Adam Thielen had two receptions, six yards, and a touchdown. Going into the final one minute and five seconds of the game, he had one reception for five yards. So fans are feeling pretty good that they snuck away that last second touchdown. Uh, aside from that, it was a bad day and it's still not feeling great, but yeah, he's, we know how touchdown dependent he can be. So he's my, my big loser. Yeah. Kind of wild looking at the box score, uh, 34, 31 loss for the Vikings, but really not a lot of production in this passing game, 17 completions. Uh, Jefferson leads the way three catches for 69 yards and a touchdown. But, uh, yeah, this passing game sputtering a little bit, but you'll take the touchdown for Thielen, but yeah, certainly uh, a down week for him as well. So, uh, my loser for the week is Cortland Sutton. Uh, we'll go into this game a little bit deeper when we go into it later in the podcast. But uh, this is now two weeks with Jerry Judy back from his high ankle sprain. Uh, Sutton is out there for all the snaps. He's playing the most snaps of all Broncos receivers here. But uh, today, just two targets, one reception. Uh, it, it was a big blowout, surprisingly, against the Cowboys where they didn't need to throw a lot. But still, two targets uh, coming off of four targets, two catches, 40 yards last week with Judy back. Uh, this is not looking good for Sutton. So I don't think – I wouldn't panic in the sense that, like, he's going to do better than one catch most weeks. Uh, I do think we'll see a little bounce back from Sutton. But this is a run-heavy offense in Denver. Uh, now they have three receiving options with Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy. Uh, they got the tight end position. They just got a lot of mouths to feed. And it sure looks like Sutton is the one who's going to suffer here the most. So uh, Cortland Sutton is my loser. Um, we'll get more into that game later. So any thoughts on Cortland Sutton or uh, the rest of the Broncos pass catchers? Yeah, it's it's a tough one. I, part of me wants to say he seems like a good buy because we've seen some big target games recently. But at the same time, I don't love this passing game. And it is two bad weeks in a row. And even three weeks ago, it was just five targets, five receptions. So uh, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't blame someone for wanting to sell out here and get rid of him. But I think personally, I'd be playing the market and seeing if I could buy cheap on him. Yeah, I think that's a fair take. Uh, and their schedule coming up, you know, Eagles, Chargers, Chiefs, Lions, Bengals. There's definitely some nice matchups in there, but you're always at risk with this Broncos offense. If they get the lead, they'll just run it all day. That's what they want to do and try to lean on their defense. So kind of week to week with this Broncos offense. So uh, let's get to the injuries. Um, it should be pretty quick this week. We already mentioned Chase Edmonds left in the first quarter with an ankle injury for the Cardinals. That was with uh, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins inactive. Uh, Edmonds did not return. We'll get more news on that as we go. It's it's pretty clearly James Conner here, though, with, with Edmonds out. Um, Ezekiel Elliott was in and out of the first half with a knee contusion. He did play through it, though. He seems to be fine, but that's probably going to pop up on the injury report this week. Uh, for some reason, Tony Pollard's out there in a the league. Probably not a bad time to go scoop him, but I, did, I think he's rostered in most. Um, Zach Moss suffered a concussion early in the third quarter, did not return. We really saw Devin Singletary take over this backfield in the game, although the offense did not play well. But uh, keep an eye on that Zach Moss concussion. I do think Singletary would be useful if he's the only back there. Um, we also saw Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson on the Patriots. 
leave in the fourth quarter with potential concussions. We didn't really get anything official on them. So we're still waiting for word, but that could be a big boost for Brandon Bolden, uh, maybe J.J. Taylor. We'll, we'll see if either of these players can get back up to speed next week. And then finally, Devontae Booker left with a hip injury late in the game. Uh, the, the Giants have a bye week next week, and Saquon's expected back. So this may be the time where you can move on from Booker if you need uh, some bye week fill-ins, especially with the hip injury. But any of those injuries stand out for you, Mike? Anything you want to add to any of those uh, mainly running backs there? Yeah, it seems like the Chase Edmonds ones, the Chase, bleh, the Chase Edmonds one could be a big one because you know it's a it's a high powered offense and it means opportunity is condensing around somebody else. In this case, James Conner, yep. um, Zach Moss. It's that's kind of just whatever because that running game's been pretty terrible. Um, the Patriots, it's always next man up with that running back. So yeah, I, it seems like Chase Edmonds, maybe Ezekiel Elliott would be the big ones. Yeah, that I mean, there's so many touchdowns in that Cardinals offense, apparently, regardless of Kyler Murray. So uh, we did see, you know, Benjamin fill in for 17 snaps behind Connor. If you're in a deep league, maybe you, you pick him up and uh, see what happens with Edmonds. But um, I doubt that James Connor is going to get, uh, you know, 90 percent of the snaps. Uh, somebody's going to mix in there. So he, he could be useful in real deep leagues. So check him out on your waivers. Uh, but yeah, other than that, let's run through some snap counts and notes from the week. Um, there were actually a pretty good amount of interesting ones I found. So I'm going to rip through some of them and then I'll throw in a mic for some, some comments here, but, um, second straight week in the Ravens backfield without Latavius Murray, pretty clear. This is Devonte Freeman's backfield, 57 snaps, Le'Veon Bell, 23, Tyson Williams, 18. I think if you're stashing Tyson still, you can probably get rid of him at this point. Uh, eventually Murray's going to get back. I, I think it's pretty much Murray and Freeman here. Um, for the Raiders, uh, without Henry Ruggs this week and going forward, uh, Zay Jones saw 66 snaps, but only had four targets and one catch. Brian Edwards saw 64 snaps, second on the team, but four targets, no catches. And then Hunter Renfro, 46 snaps and nine targets. So nobody really took advantage in this Raiders receiving core. And it sounds like they're going to add Deshaun Jackson on Monday. That's what the rumors, I believe he texted a reporter that he's going to sign there. So uh, Mike, do you have any interest in any of these Raiders pass catchers outside of Hunter Renfro? Is Deshaun Jackson do anything for you if he comes in? <laughs> Um, no, no, nobody here of interest it, with Darren Waller back. He's going to be the target monster. I think I'd rather have Kenyon Drake than just about all these receivers as well. I think he offers a better passing game upside. Um, if I had to pick someone, it's probably Hunter Renfro. I think he's yeah. the guy I would be looking at. Deshaun Jackson. We know it's going to have a big game at some point. One of these coming up weeks, if he signs with the Raiders, he's going to have like three, four targets. He's going to catch three, four of them and have a couple touchdowns and everyone's going to be like, Oh, you got to add Jackson, but then he won't appear the rest of the year. So yeah, it's, it's Waller. It's a tiny bit on Renfro and that's about it. Yeah. And we already saw that with Jackson on the Rams this year. So um, that already happened. And then he did not contribute after that. I do think Brian Edwards, I mean, there is some long-term dynasty appeal here. It's worth keeping an eye on if he is going to get all these snaps, but he just hasn't quite put together complete games yet so far in his career. So you could probably keep him on waivers in most leagues. Um, it's starting to get a little concerning, I think, with Kamara, uh, Alvin Kamara for the Saints. He had 52 snaps, six targets, and 13 rushes. Uh, Mark Ingram now, though, two straight weeks, he's been on the team, and he's got a decent role here. 26 snaps, five targets, nine rushes. Um, are we concerned about Alvin Kamara being like a top three running back going forward between the offense struggling and Ingram splitting? Or is this just, you know, keeping him fresh for the length of the season here? Yeah, I have some concern. Uh, I think some of the bloom came off this rose when he lost Breeze because Breeze loved to target Camara, and we kind of knew going into this season. So he's somebody I've, I've worried about all year. 
Um, he's still a good weapon. We know he's still going to be reliable, but it, it, I, th- I think that top upside is just not there anymore. And he might have a game or two that kind of pop up. And as you said, Ingram's here. Ingram's going to take some of the workload and it's just going to lower that overall upside. Yeah. I mean, he's still, you know, he was an RB six this week. Uh looks like he's about RB five for the season. So, I mean, he's, a, I think he's about as consistent as you're going to get uh, about as safe as you're going to get. It is starting to look like some of those boom weeks are going away, but I don't know. I, I think I would still hold out hope if any managers are getting a little worried. I mean, he did just, you know, have that 10 catch game three weeks ago. So I don't know. I, I still feel pretty confident on Kamara here, but it is a little worrisome to see Ingram getting all this work. So we'll see who the quarterback is next week, but um yeah, I don't know. Taysom Hill, I think we're probably panicking a little more if he gets in there. So um, Houston Texans backfield, uh, not that we probably want to start any of these people, but uh, David Johnson, I think he is the lead back. We saw him get almost no work last week, but I think that's because they got blown out so much. Uh, this week, David Johnson gets 31 snaps, five targets, four carries. Rex Burkhead next up with 21 snaps, but only one target and two catches. And then Philip Lindsay, eight carries on 14 snaps. So I think David Johnson, uh, you know, you can probably add him if he got cut, keep him on the end of your bench. You might be able to start him occasionally, but it's pretty ugly there. Uh, Miles Gaskin, he's going to get at least one more game until Malcolm Brown's back. Um, and he's taken advantage snap-wise, at least. He got 54 snaps this week while Salvan Ahmed got 14. Um, Gaskin got 20 carries, only turned it into 34 yards, but he got you a touchdown. He had six targets. So he's useful at least until Malcolm Brown gets back, which will be at least another week. So, um, I know both of those offenses are pretty miserable. They played each other. Uh, any, any like thing you're interested there out of those backfields? I mean, even Gaskin, like, does this 20 carries uh, encourage you or is the 34 yards discourage you? Yeah, I think the, the move here is just to try to trade Gaskin into something else if you can. Um, hope you can show somebody the 20 carries, the six catches and say, Hey, that's, that's so much work when this offense looks a little better, they're going to be great. You know, um, I don't trust him as we've said before, when he's come up, he's just a guy and this is a pretty bad outing for him. So I I think, as you said, when Brown comes back, it's just going to be like, all right, he's probably a better option than Gaskin. Yeah. Maybe try to package Gaskin and a receiver for a better receiver or something like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Christian McCaffrey made it back this week. Uh, All of his uh, managers are very happy with that. Uh, Not a typical Christian McCaffrey game, but he contributed, I believe, uh, over 100 total yards here. So um, he led the way of 29 snaps. Amir Abdullah was actually second with 22 and Chuba Hubbard was third with 10. I think that puts Chuba Hubbard back just into pure handcuff range. So, um, if you're not the type that's going to roster a handcuff, you can move on. Uh, I think Amir Abdullah was already eating to his work a little bit. Uh, so I'm not sure. Would you be holding Hubbard just in case of another McCaffrey injury? Or is he not even good enough at this point to stash in case of an injury? Yeah, that's a good question. I, the, the tough part, too, is that this offense is just kind of falling apart. Like whatever whatever good we saw from it early on, yeah. it just seems like it's all gone as Darnold just falls apart. Um I think I would pick somebody. I think I would pick Hubbard or Abdullah, whoever you like more. Probably Hubbard because he's younger. He has more upside. We haven't seen him fail as much as Abdullah. So I I think I would hold on to him. It is a good point, though. I mean, as bad as that offense has been, these roster spots are valuable. So uh, you do have to think long and hard if you want to hold a backup running back on an offense that looks this bad. I would have picked Sam Darnold as a loser this week, but I've already picked him. So uh, this offense is tanking and (laughs) Uh, even like when Hubbard was in there for McCaffrey, he wasn't catching the ball a ton. So he's kind of a, uh, touchdown dependent kind of volume rusher. So I don't know. It, I understand the, the appeal of stashing them, 
uh, I also would not fault you if you just move on and uh, use that roster spot for someone else. So uh, the Eagles backfield, pretty much the same as last week. Uh, this is the second week without Miles Sanders. Boston Scott leads the way, 25 snaps, 10 carries. Jordan Howard next, 23 snaps, uh, a touchdown. Um, he had 17 carries for 71 yards, actually. And then Kenneth Gainwell, Dustin third, 11 snaps, two carries. None of the running backs got a target. So this is all groundwork in Philadelphia. So I think Boston Scott's been added about everywhere. Uh, Jordan Howard, more people were on the fence about. This is two pretty good weeks in a row for Jordan Howard. So, I mean, I guess we have to add him at this point. I mean, 17 for 71 and a touchdown. He had two touchdowns last week. Like, I know these have been two good matchups with the Lions and the Chargers. Uh, Chargers run defense is bad, but uh, it's it's hard to buy into Jordan Howard. But I, I think it's, we're at the point where he does deserve a spot on your bench. And maybe maybe you'll fill him in at running back two occasionally. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I, I like both of these backs more than Gaskin, for example. Um I think the Eagles offer a little more life, a little more creativity. And it, granted, we know what's going to happen when Howard's in the game. He doesn't catch passes. He runs. That's it. I mean, when you're when he gets 23 snaps and he runs on 17 of them, it's like, all right, we know exactly what they're going to do with him. They're just going to throw him in there and run him hard straight forward. Yeah, yeah that was uh, – I had the same thought. That's got to be a tell if he's rushing 20, uh, 17 out of 23 times <laughs> he's on the field. So – um, I, I think from judging from some Eagles fans in our discord, I'm not sure if they would agree that this offense is more creative, but yeah, I think they do have a little bit more juice than the Dolphins offense. So there's at least some playmakers there. So that's for sure. Uh, let's get to the Cardinals. Uh, just interesting to note the wide receiver snaps here with Hopkins out Christian Kirk, 67 snaps. Rondale Moore finally gets his big boost in usage, 57 snaps. Uh, AJ Green was out as well. And then Antoine Wesley with 54 uh, Rodale Moore only turned it into five catches on five targets for 25 yards. I think that would have been a lot more exciting to see that 57 snaps if, you know, Kyler Murray was in there, obviously. So just kind of a bad deal for Moore getting the week where the receivers are banged up and, and Kyler's not in there. But it uh, was encouraging for Moore. He just didn't exactly take advantage of it. So I would imagine once everyone else is healthy, it kind of goes back to the way it was. Christian Kirk led the way with 91 yards receiving. I, I think he's really carved out a, a decent role for himself on this team. So uh, if he's out there in leagues, go pick him up. I, I doubt he is, but he's looked pretty good this year. And then finally on the 49ers, it does look like Elijah Mitchell is not getting the bell cow work he got there for a couple weeks. Uh, he's still the lead back for sure. But Elijah Mitchell, 39 snaps today. Jamichael Hasty 20. Uh, Hasty's kind of got that third down role, which isn't really that valuable in San Francisco, but it is eating some snaps away. So uh, not really much to change there. Just want to note a couple of those with some players out and, you know, some uh, Mitchell was banged up. So that, that could have led to Hasty's snaps there as well. So uh, I think it is time now to get on to the games. Um, as always, like I said, QBList.com, we will go through each and every one of these games. Um, also, feel free to join us in PL+. Plus. I uh, go to QBList.com, click up in the, the menu up there, go to PL Plus and join us in Discord if you want to support the site. Uh, we talk about all these games while we're watching them. So uh, if you're ever looking to, uh, you know, maybe buy an early Christmas present for someone, go check it out. So uh, but let's get into the games here. Mike, you started out watching the Raiders and Giants. Your Bears play a, a primetime game. So you to pick someone new. Uh, you watch the Raiders and Giants. What did you see this week? Yeah, so we'll start with the uh, Raiders because, you know, I'm not a big fan of talking about the Giants in general. Um, Josh Jacobs looked really good. I, I like him a lot as a runner. I thought he was underrated coming into this year a little bit. Um, every time he ran the ball, he looked like he had a lot of pop, a lot of, a lot of juice. Unfortunately, he got injured during the game. He did return, but he was, you know, limping a little bit on the sideline. It was his foot. Um, but he was definitely the lead, the lead runner here. 
he definitely had that that role in the backfield today. Um, Dar- Darren Waller was back, and you know what Darren Waller's going to do when he's back, just catch a ton of balls. He had 11 targets, seven receptions, 92 yards, led the way on everything for the team. Uh, Derek Carr, <laughs> my, my note for Derek Carr was just Derek Carr is not good. Um, I was, I was sitting in a restaurant or a bar for this one with a friend and there was a Raiders fan just by chance in the bar. And it's kind of funny cause I live in, you know, the suburbs of Chicago and there's this random Raiders fan ducked out in his Jersey and a coat with all the Super Bowls on it. And he's just repeatedly swearing Derek Carr's name out loud to the, to everyone who can hear, you know, talking about the mistakes and the two picks and the fumble and yeah, Carr just every time they were getting things running, he just killed them. Um, and then kind of a final thought, Kenyon Drake got the passing game work. He was very useful in that role. He had six receptions, 70 yards. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I think he's the receiving threat behind Waller I would most want on this team right now. Yeah, that's kind of a big development because Drake had kind of disappeared early in the season. It seems like since Gruden left, they've actually started using him. And that, I mean, that's six for 70 on eight targets. I mean, that makes him a weekly starter if that keeps up. So I'd be very... Very interested in Kenyon Drake going forward, and he's had a couple of these games in a row. Uh, today we saw 34 snaps for Josh Jacobs, 31 for Drake, just five for Jalen Richard, which is encouraging because he's a third down back as well. So Drake seems to have taken this over. Uh, did he look like – did he was he bringing something to the offense or was this just kind of like, you know, cars got to throw to someone and Drake's on the field? Yeah, I think it was kind of just opportunity finding him. Um we, we know Carr likes his safety blankets. He's loved Waller. He likes throwing to the running back. Um, it's probably a little bit more of just kind of right place, right time for Drake. So maybe we can hope that that work goes back to Jacobs if he's healthy next week. But yeah. Okay. And with rugs out, I mean, they are looking for more options. So maybe, maybe he got a little window here and took advantage of it. So we will see on Drake, but I do think he's worth a look if you're, you know, desperate at the running back position, they've got the chiefs coming up. Uh, they got the Bengals coming up, the Cowboys, Washington chiefs again. So there's, there's some positive matchups there for the Raiders. So um, what, what do you think it is with Carr? I mean, we don't have to get super deep into this, but he seems to fool us every year for about a three or four game stretch. And then he's just kind of mediocre after that. Is it just, is he still just not going deep enough, just checking it down too much? Or, I mean, what's going on with, with Derek Carr? Yeah, I, I think some of it's just bad decision-making. Um, it, it looks like he lets balls go that just, he has no business throwing. Um, it, it was the same corner who picked off Carr twice. And so it's like, when I see that, it just strikes me as, all right, you think you see something you're that's not really there and – he has enough weapons where I feel like he should be able to complete passes safely. Like, the, yeah, I'm not going to call Zay Jones, Hunter Renfro, Jalen Richard, amazing Brian Edwards, but like he's got enough there where that could be a formidable offense if Carr was just better at leading this team. Yeah, maybe maybe it's just a matter of he he does have some really good hot streaks, and uh, we know that's coming a couple times a year, but then he goes back to his normal level. So yeah, this was a disappointing one for the Raiders, losing 16 to 23 in New York. Um, Giants go to three and six on the year. So uh, what do you think about this Giants offense? Um, anything from a fantasy perspective we can take away here? Well, I'd like to talk about Devontae Brooker, but as you said, he was hurt late. There's a bye week coming up. Saquon Barkley's returning. So like yeah. the one bright side of this offense today, it's just like, well, he's he's irrelevant. He doesn't matter anymore. Um, but Booker, to his credit, he was fun to watch. He's a good runner. Um the Giants are lucky to have him as a backup because, you know, Barkley goes out and Barkley obviously is the better weapon. 
But when you put Booker in, it's not like you just lose everything. There's still some juice there. He still has some ability to make things happen. Um, Evan Ingram had a real nice touchdown catch. He caught a ball running up the sideline. It was actually a really great Daniel Jones throw. Not something I, ver- I say very often. Yeah, But it was a uh, 30-yard touchdown throw. Ingram caught it on the sideline just over the defender. It was like tightly woven in. It was pretty awesome. If you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth watching. Um, then we had Kadarius Tony. He was quiet. I'm not completely sure why. It didn't seem like like he was out there playing some snaps. I know he was a little limited, but he was getting some work, and it just seemed like they didn't really go his way at all. Um, and if you don't go Kadarius Tony's way and you don't go Kenny Galladay's way, that pretty much explains why your offense had 110 passing yards on the day. Yeah, so I was going to get into that. I, real quick, um, wide receiver snaps. I mean, a lot of these receivers were banged up, so there's probably a healthy rotation here. But Kenny Galladay, 32 snaps. Darius Slayton, 31. Kadarius Tony, 31. Colin Johnson, 21. Um, as someone who had to start Daniel Jones because of a last-minute Kyler, uh, Kyler Murray injury, uh, this is a very disappointing stat line from a fantasy perspective. 15 to 20, 110 yards and a touchdown. Was this really just the like they got up on the Raiders and just wanted to win the game and played it close to the best? I mean, I, I, I see 21 carries here for Booker, so that, that seems to be more of a game script issue here probably for Jones's fantasy perspective. Yeah, it was it was a tight game throughout, and the Giants know what Jones is, whether or not they're going to admit it to anybody. They know he's not very good, and the best thing they can do, it's kind of like the old Mitch Trubisky days with the Bears. The best thing you can hope for is that you can just survive throwing those short passes, and you find just enough offense to beat the opponent. And it worked today, because Carr kept throwing away chances for the Raiders. The Giants were able to stay in the game. Like, if the Raiders were playing at 100% on offense today, they probably would have won by 20 or 30, but... Carr just kept sabotaging them, and so the Giants were able to get away with little dink and dunk passes. I mean, Jones was 15 of 20, so he was completing most of his passes, but it was just for 110 yards, which is just, like, ridiculous. Like, how do you complete 15 of 20 and get 110 out of it? Right. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be awfully hard to trust Tony anytime soon. We've just seen so much up and down from him. Uh, Sterling Shepard seems to be the only one we can trust here, I would say. Like, when he's in the lineup, he does produce. He's just hurt a lot um I know it's hard to get much out of uh you know see much out of Kenny Galladay or Tony on like a combined three targets but I mean did you see anything you could take away from this pass catching group or is it just like just kind of a mess and got to wait for these players to get healthy yeah the tough part here there's a few things kind of coming together as I said I'm not a fan of this passing offense in the first place and then secondly we haven't seen much Galladay just because he's been injured and Tony was limited and so it's like I I'm grading on such a curve if I try to give any kind of real input on them. It, the only thing I can say is they just weren't really getting looked at. So maybe they just weren't 100% yet. And this was kind of like the, the get right game where, you know, you you put them out there, yeah. run them through some routes and just make sure they're healthy. Uh, not a good sign for Darius Slayton. One target, no catches. Uh, you look at Kyle Rudolph led the team with five targets, four catches. So uh, he's getting he's behind Kyle Rudolph apparently. So uh, not good for Slayton for sure. I, I would expect better days from Galladay and Tony, but uh, they just need to get in a rhythm here. So um, yep. I don't know anything else in this game. couple um, mediocre at best offenses. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that pretty much sums it up. Um, as he said, the passing game is going to be a mess because Galladay's coming back. Tony's coming back. We don't really know which way they're going to go. Um, hopefully, we see Saquon Barkley back and he becomes the engine of this offense again and gets things revving up. 
So there is hope in two weeks that things look better. But again, your guess is as good as mine of who to, who to bet on. Yep. All right. Next up, uh, like I said, up top, I had the pleasure of attending this Bengals game where the Browns won 41 to 16 in Cincinnati. Uh, pretty frustrating game from a Bengals perspective here. You all hear me talk about them every week. So I'll go a little quicker this time. Uh, it basically started Bengals marching down the field, uh, opening drive, third and goal. Um, just a really bad interception by Joe Burrow at the goal line going for Jamar Chase that was returned for a touchdown. So that's how the game started. Bengals looking to get up big on the first drive of the game and a pick six. Uh, it was one of those interceptions I've, I've commented a few times that I've hardly ever seen Burrow throw that you see a lot of rookie quarterbacks throw is that out route. You can just see the pick coming. You're like, Oh no. And it, it's returned for a touchdown. We've barely seen that for Burrow. He starts out the game with it. Um, they did respond marched right down the field and uh, scored after that a touchdown. So um, it wasn't a blowout from the very start here, uh, but just some pretty poor play on the offensive side of all from the Bengals um, and uh, some huge plays they gave up on defense. Um, I, I just basically this offense, it's just, they're waiting for, Jamar Chase or T Higgins to make a play. And when that doesn't happen, there's not a whole lot here. Um, I actually think they might be a little better off taking a bit of like a, almost like a Titan style, like get the run game going, get play action and take shots deep because essentially what was happening in this game was uh, it didn't seem like the Browns were that afraid of beating them deep. They'd have a safety over towards chase, but they weren't afraid of the deep ball. The Bengals weren't really committed to the running game. And so it was just short passes out of empty that were just getting, either deflected or the receiver was getting hit as they caught it. So it was just a bunch of short stuff that turned out to be risky passes and Burrow getting sacked. I mean, he was sacked five times through two picks, um, 28 of 40 for 282, no touchdowns. So it's just uh, they really need to change up this offense. They have a bye week next week, but you can't get by just not running the ball and not getting deep balls. So one of the two has to happen. I wouldn't be surprised to see them uh, recommit to the run out of, out of the bye. We'll see. Uh, Mixon looked good for his part, 13 carries, 64 yards, two touchdowns, um, five catches for 46. I mean, he had some big plays, so I wouldn't be surprised to see them maybe rein this in a little bit and run a little more. Um, otherwise, I mean, it, it continues to confuse me why Tyler Boyd does not get any looks. He had two targets, one catch for 11 yards. I mean, other than that, you know, Jamar Chase leads the team 13 targets, only six for 49. But, I mean, we kind of knew he's due some of these down games. Uh, had a bad fumble. So he had some up and down stuff here. T Higgins, six for 78. So we, we kind of know who to target on this offense, but it's pretty clear that Tyler Boyd is not a big part of it most weeks. So uh, before I get over to the Browns, like, I mean, any thoughts here? I'm just, uh, this probably sounds like a, a, a Bears fan at some point, right? Just kind of like frustrated with the coaching and not sure where to turn after this, right? Yeah, I, I, I saw a few of uh, Joe Mixon's touches today and I thought the same thing. I thought he looked really good and I've always been a fan of him. So I'm, I'm generally going to say he looks really good. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. It, it's unfortunate Cincinnati threw that early interception because um, they were in scoring position and the game looks very different early on. If you score there versus giving up seven, um, it changes the game script. It gives you the ability to feel confident running more and maybe Mixon's 13 carries becomes like 18 or 20. Um, and maybe this goes a lot differently. Um what would you say? Is anything changed in your mind on the receivers? So Higgins, Chase, and Boyd, or are you generally feeling the same way about all three of them? I think I'm still feeling the same. I mean, Chase is getting fed here, so he's that's who Burrow's looking towards the most. Um, 
Higgins, like, he hasn't had a ton of separation. Uh, he's just a big guy who, who catches the ball when it's thrown towards him. But he had a slant route they hit him on today where you could – it was kind of like, wow, if that was Chase, he might have busted that for a 30-yard gain. And it was, you know, Higgins, I mean, he did what he needed to. He caught the ball but was tackled right away. So I think Higgins is more the possession receiver. Um, he kind of dropped a touchdown pass today uh, in the stadium. It was hard to tell how easy of a drop it was. I mean, it was a contested catch, but he probably should have caught it. So Higgins is going to be a nice possession receiver every week, a good shot at touchdowns. So, no, I don't think anything's really changed here. It's Higgins and Chase. Uh, Chase is the one, Higgins is the two. And, uh, you know, Boyd has just kind of disappears. I, I just don't think you can trust him, and the ceiling's not high enough. So well, I, I, nothing's really changed in the receiving core as far as I can tell here. And then uh, I do want to mention uh, Samaje Pirine had a horrible drop on a third down that led to a, a failed fourth down. So th- there were definitely some mistakes here on the offense. But I do think a lot of it is just the play calling and the, the design here. I just I, I think they need to get out of these empty sets and uh, get a little more creativity. They aren't running any trick plays. Like it's just it's a kind of a stale offense right now. So the Browns offense, I, I wasn't super impressed with them. Um, they had a couple huge plays. Uh, Nick Chubb in the third quarter, I believe, busted a 70-yard touchdown. I mean, he's Nick Chubb. He's great. We know that. But 14 carries for 137. Didn't exactly light the Bengals up other than that one big run. Um, and then Donald, Donovan Peoples-Jones catches a 60-yard touchdown on a play action. Uh, he had two for 86 on the day with three targets. So I know a lot of people are going to run out to – get people's Jones. He's had a lot of big plays lately. Um, I'm not one that generally goes after these big play receivers in fantasy. So I'm not sure that the volume is here. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's, you know, it, they didn't really, Baker wasn't even forced to really make too many plays in this game. So he, he goes 14 to 21 for 218 and two touchdowns. And just the way this game went, um, I don't know. They really never tested him. Jarvis Landry was kind of a non-factor, three catches for 11 yards. So uh, not much here in the passing game other than that one bomb. So I don't know. I don't think anything really changes here. Derrick Johnson was the backup running back, didn't really contribute a ton. So uh, I, I think it's the same old Browns offense. Any, anything you're seeing here on the Browns that I missed maybe in my, uh, my frustration as I stormed out of the stadium in the second half? No, I think you, I think you nailed it pretty well. Um, we know Baker Mayfield's just a guy. And so you, you'll take two touchdowns and 218 out of him. Um, we know Nick Chubb's a stud running back, so it's no surprise to see him break a 70-yarder and put up a couple touchdowns. Um, and outside of that, as you said, I don't really trust anybody else here. Um, kind of like you said, I'm not one to chase the big receiver day because those those boom-bust guys, it always seems like they bust when you start them, and they boom as soon as you take them out of the lineup. So it's it's Chubb here. It's That's about it. It's It's Chubb. Yeah, I do think Landry is still going to have value in games where they're not ahead this much. So the game script kind of took him out of this one. But, you know, he's going to have these weeks for sure. But overall, I guess I would just say this Bengals defense, it looks like it's taken a step back as well as the offense. They need to adapt both sides of the ball coming out of the bye week. So we will see. But I I think teams have figured out their defense. So I would not be worried after they had a really good stretch early on. If you have them in a fantasy matchup, go ahead and place everyone against them if you can. So um yep let's move on to a game that mike primarily watched but i got a, a good portion of this game as well uh low scoring affair uh chiefs at home beat the packers 13 to 7 with jordan love at quarterback um start with the packers here mike what all did you see yeah so uh the big the big watch here was definitely jordan love i think everybody was interested to finally get a look at this rookie um people who liked him loved him for his athletic ability and you know the the athletic prowess he showed 
people who disliked him thought he was very raw and didn't think it was going to translate because, you know, you can't just turn any athlete into a great quarterback. Um, so far, score one for the people who doubted because Love did not look very good today. Uh, he missed a lot of throws. There was one in particular. He had a deep shot to Devontae Adams. Adams had a step or two on his defender, and it felt like if he hit that shot, that was like uh, – I would have had that moment in my head and my heart of like, oh, God, not another Packers quarterback that's going to just destroy us for 20 years. Um, but fortunately, he overthrew it. It looked bad. And there there are some there is some promise, and it was, it was first game. So, yeah, we have to give him a little credit for that. But I was I was not impressed. I I don't think Jordan Love is going to be something special. Um, he kind of looked like just a guy. And as far as on the ground, five carries, twenty three yards. He didn't show me anything that blew me away. Um, you said you saw some of this one. What did you think of Jordan Love? Yeah, it was funny because like after last week when they looked so well when they won the game without Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard. Um, and there's a moment like early on in this one where I think they were moving the ball, and I was like wow like Lafleur's is just going to make this happen with no matter who, no matter who's out there this, they're going to get this to work and then it just fell apart and I, I didn't think Jordan Love looked good either I uh, did not look necessarily ready didn't look capable of producing big plays I know leading up to the week uh, a lot of people mentioned that like even in college he didn't really rush that much so I know he's athletic but um, he wasn't a big rusher in college so I'm not even sure if we can bank on much more than 23 yards rushing out of him so I agree. I didn't think he looked very good. And that was with the running backs ripping off runs pretty well. So, uh, you know, he's kind of set up to succeed here. I mean, it's pretty unfair, like one week in the middle of the season, like he doesn't get to practice much when Rogers is there. So it's not a real fair shot here. I love just randomly in the middle of the season, but we haven't really seen much out of him that makes me excited. So I don't know. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be going out and making moves for him in dynasty or anything. I don't think. Yeah, I think this is definitely a downgrade for the weapons here. Um, and I, maybe that shouldn't be a surprise, but it looks like a clear downgrade. I guess we hoped it was kind of like, a, okay, Love can manage the game and he can still run the plays that he needs to. But yeah, it was it was a big fall. Um, to your point, the Packers leaned very heavily on the run. I only see 25 carries in the box score. They must have had some called back for penalties because I felt like they were running every play. It just felt like nonstop running on this side. Um, which was great for Jones and Dylan, but not a, not a great outcome in terms of the stats. Jones, 53 yards, Dylan, 46. Um, Jones looked really good. He was running well. Problem's going to be that he's losing work to Dylan, and I don't think Dylan's going anywhere. Dylan impressed with his workload as well, and he's a big dude. And unfortunately, it just feels like Jones is going to be losing red zone work because Dylan is huge. We've all seen the pictures of his legs. We all know, you know that he's just a tree. Um, so it's going to be tough for Jones is there's, there's another mouth to feed in the backfield. Another guy that's going to steal his workload. And I think AJ Dillon looks better than Jamal Williams did. Mm-hmm. And so it, we're bound to have a cap on Jones's ceiling. Um, I still love Jones's talent, but yeah, it's going to, it's going to take away some of the bloom here. Um, yeah. And I don't know if like, I mean, this is a, I wouldn't necessarily take the targets here because this was a weird week without Aaron Rodgers. but like Dylan has looked good in the receiving game, which is kind of a surprise. He had four catches on four targets for 44 yards. Jones had no catches on two targets. And we've seen Dylan have a couple good week, weeks receiving. I mean, it's not real predictable, but um, that's a concern too, is that he can play in both parts of the game. And he, we know that Aaron Jones is probably going to have like a 40 point game coming up at some point this season, but uh, the week to week consistency does look a little lacking here from him. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
And this was this was as as far as game scripts go, this was a good one for the Packers because the Chiefs yeah. aren't great at stopping the run, and the Packers did not want to throw. I mean, they ended up throwing thirty plus times, but you if you watch this game, you could tell they wanted to run and run and run and run and just keep doing it. Um, Devonte Adams, last one worth mentioning. Uh, he's going to be fine. He had a ridiculous amount of targets. It's clear Love was just kind of looking at his first read because it kept being Adams over and over again. He had 14 targets. He only caught six of them for 42 yards. Um, Adams, one of his best plays that didn't show up in the box score, he batted away what would have been an early interception. He kind of saved Love from another one, a mistake that doesn't show up in the box score. Um, but that was kind of his day. His day was running, getting open, and watching the ball not get to him. Yeah, I mean, you know – I, I Adams is fairly quarterback proof to some, you know, some extent. I mean, six for 42, there are definitely worse days out there that we've seen uh, this week for receivers, but um, 14 targets is encouraging. Uh, he can probably get by with just about anyone, but he needs Rogers for that elite, you know, elite upside for sure. Uh, not much else to see here. I mean, you know, the, the tight end position has kind of gone away in Green Bay. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to take too much out of it when it's not Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback, though. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, it, it, yeah, Adams is an impressive receiver. It's, it's fun to watch him play. You can just tell he's really, really good at the position. Yeah. Um, moving to the chiefs. It, this was weird. I, I haven't seen the chiefs in a few weeks and it was weird to watch them look so bad. I'm used to the chiefs that just, you know, is electric and just can destroy a team in like in moments. And this team was clearly out of sync. Uh, Mahomes had 37 attempts for 166 yards, 4.5 yards per attempt, which is just crazy. Um, he they had some opportunities. Hill was getting open. Kelsey got open. Mahomes was just missing them. It's like he was he knew the decision to make. He was throwing to the right person, but he missed some big shots. He had one particular to Tyreek Hill. Could have been one of those big like 60 yard touchdown plays, and he just missed it. He overshot it. it and yeah, when they're not hitting those deep balls, it feels like the offense kind of falls apart. Um, Kelsey and Hill are still getting their chances. So, I mean, obviously we're going to hold firm with both of them. Because if this offense wakes up, like Kelsey had eight targets, Tyreek Hill had 11. Those are great numbers if you're getting those passes from Patrick Mahomes. Um, and I guess the last thought here, the running game was okay. Nothing special. Um, this isn't a great run team. It, Whoever is the lead here, yeah, of course, they're going to be interesting because we still think of this as a great offense. But, yeah, there wasn't much to say there. Yeah, and I don't know what Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's return looks like. Uh, I mean, I believe he could come off IR here soon, but I'm not sure if he will. Uh, keep an eye out for that. But they are incorporating the running backs more, I think, now. I mean, Daryl Williams, 19 for 70. We don't see that many rushing attempts that often for the Chiefs. And even in the passing game, he caught three balls, and Jarek McKinnon caught three, who hasn't been really that involved. So they are starting to check the ball down more, which is nice if you have Daryl Williams. Gives you a few more PPR points each week. Um, and Daryl Williams got stuffed a couple times for a touchdown. So if you had him, you definitely could have had a better day here. So I think he's a really solid start as long as CEH is out. And obviously that's going to go away when he comes back. But I don't know. I think for overall this Chiefs offense, it's obviously in disarray. They're frustrated. Like, I think they just need to take a breath, though. Like, I mean, they were frustrated at one point. I think they were up 13 to nothing. You know, and they're still getting frustrated. And it, like, they need to kind of take a step back and be like, hey, we're winning. Uh, we just need to keep the chains moving here. Like, forget the, you know, the scores we were putting up last year and all the points we used to put up. Like, 
we're winning. Let's just finish this game and get it over with. Cause they seem to be like, so in their heads right now that they can't even just kind of focus on the kind of the game flow and just take care of business. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's also worth mentioning as far as the uh, game flow went in this one, the Packers just kind of had a special teams meltdown today. Yeah. Um, their first field goal was missed. Their second field goal was blocked. On both of them, they they kind of showed the replay and showed the ball not being snapped properly and the ball not in the right position. Yep. Um, I feel like they received a punt later in the game that was fumbled. Maybe that was overturned, but it was Green Bay was a mess in special teams and it it really hurt them. Yep. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, we talk so much about the Chiefs, but you're still starting Mahomes, you're still starting Kelsey, you're still starting Hill, you're starting Daryl Williams. I mean, that's about it. Uh, Nicole Hardman had a really bad drop that would have been a first down. It, it might have been fourth down. I think it was a third down play, but uh, I don't think that breakout's coming. But for as, as much as we complain about them, we are still starting their best players. So I don't know. It's it's a lot of talk, and then we just roll them out there every week, it seems like. Yeah, I totally agree. All right. Well, that wraps up what we thought was going to be an exciting Packers Chiefs game turned out to not be. Um, I want to go through a couple quick hitters here because uh, I think everyone's going to want to know how in the world did the Broncos beat the Cowboys? How in the world did the Jaguars beat the Bills? Uh, so I went through and watched the uh, condensed games on Game Pass on those uh, just to get kind of a, a, a quick takeaway of just what happened here. We talked about some of these fantasy players, but just from a game perspective, what happened? Um, so we'll start out with the Broncos and Cowboys. Broncos won 30 to 16 in Dallas. I believe Dallas was uh, undefeated against the spread this year, even. So, I mean, they were just blowing everyone out. And this was a shocker. Um, you can, it was pretty easy to see how this happened, though, after rewatching it. The Broncos had the ball for 41 minutes. The Cowboys had it for 19. Uh, the Cowboys were 5 of 13 on third down and 0 of 4 on fourth down. There was just a lot of, like, tackle just short of the, the sticks on third down and then failed to convert the fourth down on a, a tip pass or something. Um, just lots of, like, just just short of the conversion. They'd have to punt or they'd get stopped. Uh, the, the Cowboys had – or the Cowboys blocked a punt by the Broncos – but the ball went past the line of scrimmage and then the Cowboys touched it and the Broncos jumped on it and they got the ball back. So that was like a tough, like pretty much a turnover when the, the Broncos were getting rid of the ball. Uh, there are a couple big drops from Tony Pollard and Amari Cooper. Uh, just overall, I just, you know, the Broncos got up early. The Cowboys couldn't convert some third down and fourth down conversions. It just got out of hand. So honestly, I did not think I would not be worried if I was a Cowboys fan. I would not be too worried if I had any of their players. It was just one of those games. Broncos were able to run the ball 41 times. So, you know, this is a perfect game script for them. Um, you know, I don't know. Other than that, like both of the Broncos running backs looked really good here. Javante Williams, like 17 carries for 111 yards. Um, he almost had a touchdown. He was just short. Like Javante Williams looks like a bowling ball. He just breaks tackle after tackle. Like I don't know if I've seen anyone this year break as many tackles as him. Uh, but Melvin Gordon looks almost just as good. So I, I don't think anything changed here in the Broncos backfield. It's still a split backfield. So um, I don't know. You got any thoughts on this running game? Like, are we just waiting around for a breakout that's never going to happen for the most part until someone gets hurt? Yeah, it, it's tough with this team because it's like, I, I don't love the quarterback. It's not as bad as the Carolina situation. I think Teddy Bridgewater is better than that. Um but there's too many receivers that kind of want the top billing for anybody to really take it. Um, I like the running backs. It's just going to be a matter of if Denver can stay in games. I don't think they're going to see many games where they get this kind of game script that works so well in their favor. I mean, they held Dallas scoreless for three quarters, which I don't think anybody in the world saw coming. No, especially with Von Miller out of town now. So 
Um, I will say Jerry Judy looks like he's all the way back. And he was the one they were scheming like short stuff to, to get the ball in his hands. So he had six for 89 on eight targets. He looks good. Uh, we talked about Sutton up top being a loser. I mean, he played the most snaps, only two targets. Added pass interference in the end zone that would have been a touchdown. So it's not hopeless for Sutton, but it does look like Judy's the one they're trying to get the ball to short. Um, Tim Patrick still evolved, caught a deep touchdown. So it's going to be a little tough week to week for these receivers. But otherwise, for the Cowboys, like they didn't have Tyron Smith here at left tackle. Uh, that's a big deal. And their offensive line wasn't as impressive. So I do think that's part of this as well. Um, Dak looked healthy. Uh, he, you know, he had a scramble where he made a nice move on the sideline. He looked fast. I, I don't think this was a necessarily an injured thing with Dak. Uh, it's just, again, they came up short on a bunch of third and fourth downs. Uh, Dak did miss some shots downfield on some scramble drill plays. They were tough throws, but, uh, he didn't hit any of them. So I, I, I would not be worried about this Cowboys team. They've been so good. They were due a game like this. Um, CD lamb. They, I mean, he had a pretty bad day, only two for 23. He had nine targets, but a lot of that came pretty late. It took him a while to get him involved. So I do worry sometimes about CD lamb's week to week consistency, but we've seen his upside and he's too talented to have too many bad games. So, um, and before we get out of here, any, any final thoughts on the Cowboys offense? Yeah, I like the, I like the Cowboys moving forward. I think next week against the Falcons is going to be kind of like, a, all right, we got to reprove what we are. And they might just beat this knot out of them, especially at home. Um, yeah, it, it's a bad game, but I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I agree. And so next up, I watched this uh, Bills-Jaguars game where the Jaguars won 9-6 to six over the Bills. We were talking before the show, like, I think I could have believed this if it was like 31-28 and the Jaguars pulled out a high-scoring game, but I never would have guessed 9-6 to six, Jacksonville wins. So um, really what happened here is the Jaguars got a lot of pressure on Josh Allen, surprisingly, both when they rushed four players and when they blitzed. They were in the backfield all game. Allen was a little bit, you know, quick to get out of the pocket at times, but the pressure was pretty real. Um, Allen was sacked four times, threw two picks, lost a fumble on a designed run. Uh, it was just, it was really the pressure. And the Jaguars took away the deep ball pretty much the whole game, uh, made the Bills check it down and move it down the field, almost like the Chiefs. Um, and they, you know, they know the Bills can't run the ball much. So they're just making them throw short passes and they tackled really well on the Bills receivers. So that was the Jags game plan. I would be surprised if all teams can pull this off every week. I mean, the Bills are too talented, but it worked today. Um, and it, it was crazy because Jacksonville was pretty good against the run coming in. They're really bad up against the pass. So I thought this was a great matchup for Jacksonville. And it, it did not turn out to be that way. So, um, you know, both teams just kind of drove the ball a lot and ate up time, but couldn't get quite into scoring range. And that's how you get a nine to six game. Uh, Bills also had 12 penalties for 118 yards here. So that that didn't help things either. Um, anything you are concerned with on this Bills offense? It hasn't been quite what it was last year for sure, but this is still a really talented offense. I, I tend to think they'll figure this out. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm too concerned. I kind of wonder if defenses or defensive coordinators have kind of taken the approach with the Bills and the Chiefs both popping off last year of like, all right, let's take away the deep ball, what these guys want to do, yep. make them throw a lot of passes and beat us, and maybe they're just not as comfortable. Um because I, I know we saw Josh Allen when he came out of college as a bit raw and we knew he had the cannon arm and that was his big strength. So maybe, maybe teams are just saying, all right, we're going to take away that deep ball. Like you can have anything you want as long as it's not the deep ball. And we know you can't run to save your lives. Um, so Josh Allen, if he wants to beat us, he's going to have to throw, you know, 47 passes and complete them all. 
Yeah. And that's what they, they tried to do. Um, you know, Josh Allen obviously could run the ball. Uh, he, he had some rushing yardage in this one, but uh, I, I do think they're also probably trying to take it a little easy on Josh Allen. Uh, he had five for 50 on the ground, but you know, a week nine game against the Jaguars, they probably don't want to run him 12 times. So it was a good strategy. They only rushed six times with Singletary, three times with Zach Moss. Those uh, carries amounted to 22 yards. So um, like we said up top, Zach Moss left with a concussion after 19 snaps. So Singletary played 48. Um, you know, he had seven catches for 43 yards, but he doesn't score touchdowns. I would be surprised to see that passing game work every week. So he'll definitely be better and startable without Moss, but I, I don't think there's any breakout coming here. So um, otherwise, like Diggs had six for 85. I actually was kind of surprised. He seemed less involved with that. They did get him going late. So maybe they just racked it up at the end, but not a great performance from Diggs here. Um, but otherwise, like, I mean, the Jags offense was not good. So there's hardly even anything to talk about there. Uh, Carlos Hyde took all the work without James Robinson in 48 snaps. Um, he, you know, he turned it into what you think Carlos Hyde would do. 21 carries, 67 yards, uh, caught one pass. So I don't know. The, uh, the Jaguars offense did not look good, but, uh, they scored just enough to win this game. So a very bizarre game. I guess I just would say the big takeaways were, yeah, they did play a little bit like teams are playing the Chiefs. They played too deep and made them throw short. And, but mainly it was just the, pra- the pass rush got there just with four, and that caused a lot of problems with Josh Allen. So as long as they can fix that offensive line, which I'm sure they can, uh, I would think the Bills are in good shape here. So any last takeaways on the Bills or the Jaguars here? No, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> there's the, there's not a whole lot to say on that Jaguars team. I don't yeah. think there's anything there anybody wants to start. And the Bills, it's the same as it's been. So, Yeah, none of the receivers over 30 yards other than Dan Arnold, four for 60 on team-leading seven targets. So Dan Arnold's become a pretty consistent uh, PPR tight end anyway. He's not going to score a lot because the Jaguars never score hardly. So, um, but yeah, he's usable. That's not much else there right now. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that wraps up what was a pretty crazy week here. Uh, it seems just one thing after another in NFL. It was a crazy week of news and a uh, crazy week of outcomes. And truly any given Sunday, any team can win. They've made that pretty clear here. So, uh, Mike, while you're uh, waiting for your Monday night Bears game, uh, any last thoughts from this week in fantasy football? Yeah, it's, uh, I guess it's just on the good teams. I think that's, it's got to be the Cardinals. If I was going to pick one good team, you know, they they win it without their quarterback today, and they look pretty impressive doing it. So. Yeah. I think the Cardinals are the team to beat. And that being said, the Buccaneers will win the Super Bowl at the end of the year. So, <laughs> yeah, I, Buccaneers are definitely going to be right there. So, I, I'm not too worried about them. Some of these other teams, maybe a little bit. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for listening. Again, check out QBList.com for all the games breakdowns and uh, look for our waiver wire podcast coming out uh, Monday night, early Tuesday. And uh, we'll, you know, see if there's any late breaking injury developments that you need to know about to you know approach your waiver wires this week because it's getting down to crunch time we got to make our moves for the playoffs here so thanks for listening everyone have a good week